Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. So I entitled my message today, uh, which I think is in line exactly with this, is that we are delivered to deliver. And my message is, you are delivered to deliver. And that delivered means delivered out of a broken life, out of a sinful life. You can be up and out, and or down and out. <laughs> or you can just be, you know, I don't know God in my life. There was something missing, and then God comes along and delivers us out of our old life. And He doesn't just deliver us out of our old life. For those of you who have been born again, if you've been born again, you will know there is change happening in you that you are not directing. God starts directing change on you. You start Your priorities start changing. You start thinking differently, and you feel empowered to uh, live a life that you could never live. And suddenly you feel like, hang on, I'm, I'm, there's this power in me that's helping me to follow God and to do things that uh, naturally, normally, I could not do, but now I'm do, doing. So everybody in Lincoln Lane, you are delivered to deliver. And uh, just a couple of scriptures that I love this morning. Psalm 149 verse 4 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. That's you, everybody, Global Heart Church this morning. He will beautify the humble with salvation. I love that. God brings beauty to your life uh, when you humble yourself and reach out to Him. You, you can't become a Christian, really. You can, be, you can be religious and go to a church meeting, but you cannot be saved and born again until you humble yourself and, uh, and say, Lord, I need you. I need to know you. I need your forgiveness. I need eternal life. Jesus, help me. And when we do humble ourselves, the Bible says God beautifies the humble with salvation. And salvation means deliverance from sin, deliverance from harm. Uh, salvation is deliverance from ruin. You know, uh, you may have, you may have a, everything in the practical going okay on the outside of your life, but on the insides, there's ruins, there's loss, and there's consequences, you know, when we are, you know, in sin and in opposition to God's kingdom. The Bible teaches us that. But Jesus says, you know, uh, that he's going to beautify the humble with salvation, which means God is going to bring beauty to your life where there was not beauty, and He is going to restore to you uh, life and love, and He's bringing you into His glorious kingdom. How good is that? How good is that? I love that. And so the Lord takes pleasure in His people. Exodus 15.2 says, The Lord is my strength and my song. If you came in weak this morning, the Lord is your strength. Come on, if you came in weak this morning, the Lord is your strength. And uh, I want to encourage you, there's seasons in life I think every person will go through where you feel like, I have no strength right now. Everybody, lean into God. <laughs> Just kind of lean in and say, Lord, I'm feeling really weak right now. Lord, I need the grace of your strength. And I'll say, God, I, I can't do it in my strength. And, but Lord, I look to you. Father, fill me with your strength. You know what? God comes on in and fills you with his strength. And suddenly you're doing things you couldn't do before. Goes on and says, he has become my salvation. He's my God. I'll praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. And the Bible is telling us, praise him, exalt him. Right now, if you're you know, in a challenging place, you feel like your strength is gone, begin to praise the Lord. 
Begin to declare, God, you are good. <laughs> Begin to declare, God, you are a miracle worker. Lord, your best work is in the area of miracles. And so, Father, I'm looking to you now, and I praise you despite my circumstances. I praise you despite what I'm feeling. And, uh, and then God begins to move in our lives in a powerful way. You know, when, the Bible, when I say delivered to deliver, I love how the first uh, book of the Bible, Genesis, is the book of, the begin- of beginnings. But then we get to the book of Exodus, and immediately God is talking to us in the book of Exodus, spiritual truth that God has come for us to exodus. What does exodus mean? Exit your old life. Whenever you read history in the Bible, you read the stories of the Bible and what happened historically, God is trying to bring spiritual truth to you and to me so that we would understand, hang on, this story is not just here for us to go, wow, that is amazing history, though it is, wow, amazing history. It's because God is trying to say to us, I want you to exit your old life and exit into my purpose and plan now. And uh, so in the story of the book of Exodus, we have Moses who, uh, you know, the Bible tells us was a Hebrew child. The decree had gone out from Pharaoh, who for all the Bible college students has a type of Satan in the scripture, type of the devil, to kill all the male children. And uh, he was like, wipe out all the male children. And, you know, uh, and that's why today we have to be so careful because we don't realize that there's a spirit in the age that is to wipe out children. It could possibly be the fact that God is trying to raise up some deliverers who uh, the enemy is trying to get rid of. And so Moses had a decree over him, as all the male children did to be killed, and his mother chose to float him in a reed basket on the Nile, floats down the river. He's a good-looking baby, and uh, Pharaoh's daughter sees him, picks up the baby. She's enamored with how beautiful he is. There's no one around. She's like, how's this baby got here? Takes the baby home, raises a Jewish child in Egypt in Pharaoh's house. And so God positions his deliverer right in Pharaoh's house, who has put out the decree to kill all the children, all of, hello, all of God's children, wipe them out. And God uses the mother to uh, send his deliverer that way, right into the house of Pharaoh. Don't you like God? He's the original 007. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so Moses is being positioned. Everybody, can I encourage you? That God has saved you. If you're a born-again Christian and you know I've been saved, you have been delivered. And we need to praise God for that every day of our life. But we need to realize that we have been uh, delivered to deliver now. And that each one of us has a part to play. You may not be the leading the charge of something, but you have a very important part to play in helping us at Global Heart Church. We just saw our heart for the house offering to deliver people into God's kingdom, to deliver families into health and peace. Peace would be good today in this era we live in, into healthy relationships with one another, healthy relationships with God, and to deliver our community into a great walk with Jesus Christ. And so we are all called. But you know what? The enemy often is attacking people who uh, God has his hand on. Don't be surprised if over your life there has been a lot of attacks. Anybody had attacks on their life? Um, Sue and I, as you know, struggled to have children. And uh, we were a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hurts. Lots of Sue had ectopic pregnancies. We had three or four miscarriages. I can't remember. It was just a roller coaster. Doctors were so negative to us. 
And then we had the boys. It was just a miracle, you know, that we'd gone on and had the three boys. And then Jordan, I'll never forget when Geordie was, um, cons- like I just thought, soon enough, we have two children and we were working to food plans and getting pregnant times and all this stuff. I thought if we have two boys, that's going to be unbelievable. Then we went to London to plant the church in London. And then Sue, I just saw Sue one day say, I'd bought chips. And she says, any curry sauce with the chips, as you do in London, England. And, uh, but I thought, hang on a minute, she doesn't eat curry sauce. And then I thought, nah, she can't be, nah, she's just had much of a fancy. But it turned out Sue was 11 weeks pregnant. So we had to take Nathan to the doctor because he had a cold or something as a baby. And, uh, and then the doctor tells me to come in out of the waiting room and just to sit down. And, you know, and I'm thinking, why is she saying, she's saying, no, just sit down. <laughs> and just, I'm like, what are you talking about? So then I'm all like, what is this doctor doing? I said, is Nathan, okay, no, just sit down. She's like, I'm like, what's the matter? Why are you getting me to sit down in here? He's got a little cold. And she said, just need to let you know that your wife, and I'm looking at Sue, and she's looking at me, is 11 weeks pregnant. And I went, what? Because we couldn't have kids. That's all the doctors kept telling us, all your struggle, you're in the... So I was like, what? He was, this is her response straight away. Would you like me to arrange a termination? That was her opening line to me and Sue. And like, I'm like, and Sue and I at the same time, no, like, like this doctor, she went to the back wall. But I was like, what is, what is that? Now that turned out to be Jordan, who is now our state children's leader. (laughs) So he's the state children's leader over 90 churches and ministers to our children. And the first words out of that doctor's mouth was, would you like me to arrange a termination? That's why termination is such a much bigger difficulty than anybody in community realizes, because it's the termination of a destiny. That was the termination. So straight away, there was an attack on Jordan to, you know, and it's subtle, right? Oh, she thinks she's helpful. It wasn't helpful at all. It's the last thing Sue and I would be doing ever, especially, and also, you know, but especially when you can't have children, and suddenly, wow, I just was in shock to hear that we could have a third child, Right? So some people have had attacks when you were children. Some of you had attacks in your life. The devil attacked Moses because he was, because God was wanting to get his people out of Egypt. They were in slavery in Egypt. And uh, that's speaking to all of us. You're in slavery, maybe, uh, maybe financially, maybe not. Maybe emotionally, maybe mentally, maybe relationally. A lot of people are relationally in slavery. Jesus has come to deliver us from our chains of emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, financial slavery. Body, maybe it's sickness. I want to encourage you that our God is a healing God. Don't give up. Keep praying and keep coming and being anointed with oil. <laughs> Our leaders, you, you'll get bored before they will. We are here to stand with you and believe with you. But there was an attack. I look back on uh, even uh, my own childhood now, and I realized there was such an attack going on when God was calling me in the midst of so much pain going on with my parents, and uh, God was calling me that he was going to use me to be a deliverer. And uh, even my mom, she had uh, big problems conceiving me, and then she had prolapsed womb. She had all kinds of things going on. Uh, and then she had alcoholic husband and my other second oldest brother. Well, he wouldn't have been alcoholic then, but he, wasn't, he was a challenge. And, uh, and then my mom, she told me later in life, I said to God, if you let me have a normal, healthy baby, I'll give him to you. So she, was, she had religious upbringing, but we were not Christians. We didn't live a Christian life. 
She said, I'll give him to you. Well, my mom told me that later in life. And I said, did you say that to God? She goes, I told God, if you let me have normal healthy baby, I'll give him to you. Now, not, some people maybe query the normal. I don't know. But <laughs> pretty healthy. And, uh, but I look back now and I look at my childhood and think, you know, there's a whole lot of spiritual stuff going on there. And even me being born. And then the mom says to me, and I said to God, you can have him. And, uh, you know, and I'll give him to you. Listen, can I encourage you? God hears your prayers. And when I want nothing to do with Christianity or with church or anything to do with it, my mom had already said, but I gave you to God. <laughs> I gave you to God. And if you remember, my mom gets, becomes a Christian. Then she's saying to me, God's going to save you. God's going to use you. And I'm saying to her, you can shut up and shut up now. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I've got no idea. Uh, because there was no understanding or revelation to the fact that every human needs to have a living relationship with God and that Jesus had come and died for me, that I could have that relationship and have eternal life. And so can I encourage you, if you've had some attack going on, don't be put off. That means, that may actually be the stamp that, yeah, God wants to use you and the devil knows it. That may be the stamp that you are going to be used to helping a lot of people. You may not lead the charge on something, but you may be a part of something fantastic. And I pray at Global Heart Church, increasingly here in Melbourne, around the world, that we're part of something that really, really helps people in a big way, in Jesus' name. But you've got to realize, hang on, that thing that comes against you may not just be natural. It may be spiritual. It may be spiritual. And uh, Moses' name actually means drawn out drawn out it's like he was drawn out of the water but he was also drawn out of uh you know just a natural life into god's calling for his life everybody you're moses you've been drawn out (laughs) drawn out of your old life drawn out of a broken life drawn out of a life where you just didn't know god god said i'm going to draw you out and now i'm going to draw you into my purpose and plan and together at global heart church the family here gee what we can do together is mighty and is powerful so god has called us and called you to be a carrier of his calling you are called to be a carrier of god's calling Gee, I wish you didn't have your mask on. I get you to tell your neighbor. You are called. It's going to just sound like. You are a carrier of his calling. And you are called to be a carrier of his calling. And if you have had attack, and if you look back over your life and go, well, that happened, that happened, that was odd, that was odd. It was to shut you down mentally. It was to shut you down emotionally. It was to cause you to sit down in life. Because the enemy doesn't want us to sit, uh, get up. He wants us to sit down. And if you don't know there's a spiritual enemy, I'm telling you right now, I have seen the work of the devil's kingdom up close many times. And I've seen the work of God's kingdom, and it is huge and powerful and the nations I've been in wherever you go wherever I go into whether it's villages in Africa whether it's Eastern Europe where I've been 19 times wherever I go what God is doing in the earth listen is breathtaking what what God is doing in the earth is breathtaking And I was thinking, why does the church need to rise up? I was having a philanthropy the other day. I don't know if you guys ever look at what's going on with philanthropy. I'm thinking, oh, there's so many rich people and their philanthropy. There must be so much money going to the poor and the starving and the needy. And I'm looking at where the philanthropists put their money. It's not there. Philanthropists are putting their money with educational institutions that are teaching their thinking. They will put money to what they uh, see that backs up what I'm doing. 
and it looks like all kindness and philanthropy, but it's all actually worked out. It's a round circle of helping what they're doing, what they want to be taught, where God's philanthropy is the orphan and the widow, the broken, the man in distress with addiction or controlling issues, tenacious health. God stands with the broken, and I'm looking at it thinking, you've got to be kidding me, people. <laughs> so even in the world we live in now, people are putting multiplied billions into causes that help them and their company, but it looks good. We don't want to do things that make us look good. We want to do things that helps deliver people, helps them get out of their broken life. So everybody in Lincoln Lane, you're a carrier of God's calling. Come on, everyone here, you're a carrier of God's calling. You may not even know it, but you are. You are a carrier of God's calling. And there's something that God has called you and me to carry. And here's the good news. Let's carry it together. Because as we carry it together, we're able to do what God has called us to do in this brief moment on the planet. In Jesus' name. You know, uh, I picked up my grandson the other day, Joel. And I went down the park with Joel. And, and uh, we we're enjoying this grandparenting thing. You guys told me we would. It's amazing. It's the best. So uh, we're down the park, and I've picked up Joel, and Joel's a Kian baby. I don't know if anybody's seen my grandson Joel lately. He's so tall, and he's big. I picked him up, and I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> I said to Sue, I'm going to have to go and do some serious, you know, arm work, lifting up my grandson and carrying him around the park to look at the animals. You know, we look at the animals and the birds and the ducks. And, uh, and the Lord reminded me that, uh, you know, just as Joely is a bit weighty now and he's getting older, listen, Carrying future vision is always costly. Carrying future vision that helps people is always costly. And I was having a little metaphor there in the park of carrying my grandson. He's a future vision. I don't know what he's going to do, but it's going to be great. It's going to be big because he's coming from a line of people, God, who, who, hello, who've woken up to the understanding. Hang on, we, this, these things that went wrong was because we've been called to deliver. So he's going to be part of that line now, but just in the same way of carrying him, carrying future vision is costly. Come on, it's costly. And that's why when we go, hang on, I'm putting my hand to the plow, you're actually alleviating the carrying, you know, that a few can do by taking your part in carrying it. It was so good when Nathan came and took his son off me. It was lovely. <laughs> and, uh, and he's the best, but he's the best. But, was that, but what I'm using that metaphor again of like, somebody else came and helped carry. Someone else came and helped carry. When you come and help carry, you are uh, alleviating the pressure and the challenges of God's bigger picture. When you say, right, I'm putting my, my arm, my elbow to the plow in Jesus' name. You know, God hears the cry from suffering people. God hears the cry from oppressed people. The Bible teaches that. And uh, in the book of Exodus, the people were crying out. They were groaning hundreds of years in slavery. And the Bible says God hears their cry. And that's why he was working to raise up a deliverer. When God wants to deliver people, he uses people. Say that again. When God wants to deliver people, he uses people. And so God hears the cry of the suffering. When you haven't suffered, sometimes it's hard to know what suffering's like. When you haven't been oppressed, it's hard to know what it's like to be oppressed. When you haven't been poor and hungry, it's hard to know what that's like. But we need to say, Lord, give us a, a heart that is growing in empathy 
And help us to, Lord, reach out to people even when we don't fully understand it. Help me, Lord, to be a person who's hearing the cry of the suffering and the oppressed because you do. And, uh, and here's the other thought. God is looking for those who are looking for him. God is looking for those who are looking for him. My mother reached out to God in the midst of us living in hell in our childhood. I just wanted, I just wanted out of our house. And uh, I was just like, if my mother, move, if you move into one room and we just have peace, I don't care what else goes on, get us out of this house. And, uh, but she would just, due to her own brokenness, keep going back. So we need to realize that if we will hear the cry, God will make a way. He's the God who causes walls to fall down in Jericho. <laughs> God will cause walls to fall down in people's lives and in situations, but he'll also use us. He's the God who will get you to the other side in a storm. If you're in a storm right now, hang on in the boat. Don't bail right now. Say, Lord, I'm in a boat. It's a storm. It's such a challenge. Lord, help me get to the other side, and God will help you get to the other side. In fact, God will part a sea for you. Book of Exodus, God goes on to part a sea that Moses would shepherd uh, God's people through the Red Sea and to the other side. And the Bible tells us that the enemies of God's people were actually taken out and wiped out. So Moses goes from 40 years in the wilderness. Before this happens, uh, he's a shepherd in training to be a deliverer. Don't ever think that there's wasted years, everyone. God can do more through us through 20 years where we're switched on and go, right, the next 20 years, I'm going to make this count. Or five years. Or don't go, hang on, I've wasted time. Well, God can make up that wasted time. He can make it up and use you in an incredible way, but don't put a time limit on God because he can take something that we do now that may impact people in generations to come that we can't even imagine right now. You know, when we're talking problems, God's talking answers. <laughs> when you're talking problems, God's talking answers. Sometimes we just need to stop talking and say, Lord, what are you saying to me, God? Let me hear you. And, uh, you know, I think you've heard me say before, successful people are not those who listen to themselves. Successful people are not those who listen to themselves. Successful people are those who speak to themselves. One of the greatest things I ever learned early on as a new Christian was tell myself, shut up, stop talking. I was always talking. And even when someone was talking, I'd talk over them talking. So I never heard anything. And I had to say, stop talking. And then I needed, had to speak to myself, listen, we're going to praise the Lord. You are going to praise the Lord. I know it sounds a little bit schizophrenic, but it's not. You're going to praise the Lord. Let's praise God. When I wasn't feeling it, didn't want to, didn't know if it would achieve anything, but I'm going to praise God. You've got to speak to yourself if you're going to be successful. And so here's Moses, right? God calls Moses to deliver his people, and then Moses starts giving every excuse. Well, you know, I never spoke. I'm not very good, God. I haven't got any training, never been to Bible college. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And he starts giving God a list of everything that he can't do, and then God's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to use your brother. <laughs> so, so you don't want to be the person where God is like, hey, I've got to use somebody else in the role I designed you for. You don't want to be the one where God says, i got a role for you, and it's for you to do. Oh, well, you know, Lord, have you thought about this? And then I did live there, and then I did have this. I had to drop off all my excuses and say, Lord, help me to do what you asked me to do. And then the Bible tells us that God, you know, um, 
is speaking to Moses, and then a bush appears, and the bush is on fire. I love it. Moses is there having a chat with God. Suddenly there's a bush. The bush is on fire. The bush is looking at him. He's looking at the bush. And then God's doing, um, speaking to him a metaphor to him, saying, in the same way that bush is on fire, I'm about to light you on fire, Moses. I'm about to set you on fire with my purpose, my passion, my calling. I'm about to set you on fire. And in the same way that bush is not being burnt up, the ministry and the calling that I have for you will not devour you. When you're doing what God's called you to do, you're in his timing, his ministry, his place, whatever you're called to do will not devour you. God will keep lighting the fire in you to do it. And, uh, and then God says, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. Take them off, Moses, which is also reminding us that God is saying, listen, when I'm setting you apart to deliver and be used by me, take off your shoes. What do the shoes represent? Previous journeys. Take off your shoes. Previous journeys. It's a new day. It's a new moment. Take off those shoes. Those journeys are done. Uh, draw a line in the sand. I'm now consecrating you and setting you apart for my purpose. Also, the shoes would have carried the dirt of the past. God says to you, take off your shoes spiritually. Some of you need to go home and just take off a pair of shoes just to do it as an acknowledgement. I'm taking off my shoes spiritually and say, Lord, I'm leaving the dirt of the past here. What's the dirt of the past? The sin, the failings, the things that we know we've done wrong, the regrets. Lord, I leave these shoes here. There goes the dirt of the past and there goes previous journeys. Lord, help me to step into what you have for me. And so they had been in shackles, God's people. Now they were going to cross the sea. So I just thought of uh, what goes with that. And for us, it's really speaking to us of risk or return. Risk or return. They had shackles and then the sea, and it's risk or return. What does that mean? What I'm saying there is God is teaching us spiritually, they had to take a risk and walk through the Red Sea. Moses had to go, okay, I've got to obey God now, walk into the Red Sea. That, by the way, God had been prepping it all night so that the walls were on either side. But he had to walk on in faith. Otherwise, he would have listened to the voice of God's people who were filled with fear and wanted to return to the past. They wanted to go back to eating onions and leeks. Like, onions and leeks, like, really, you know, like, <laughs> move on, folks. They're not that good. <laughs> but they had to risk it. They had to walk and follow God. Otherwise, they were returning. Here's the interesting thing. This is for Christians. The revelation came to me. If you don't follow the Lord and become the deliverer God's called you to be, come, take the risk, you return to who you were. You return to your past. You return to your enslaved emotions, your enslaved mentality, your enslaved poverty, your enslaved uh, way of doing things. You just return to the past. And that's what the children of Israel were right on the verge of doing. And Moses had to step and say, no, let's follow the Lord now. Let's walk forward. And the Bible tells us that Moses said to the people in Exodus 14, fear not, Exodus 14, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he'll work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Wow. I love that. The enemy you see today, you'll see no more. Come on, the enemy you're seeing today, you will see no more. Come on, the enemy you see today, you'll see no more when you walk forward into God's purpose. And, uh, and it goes on and says in verse 19 that God, actually got, God was actually in front of them and then God got behind the children of Israel, which is interesting to note, because he was getting between them and their enemies. Oh, I love that. Oh, did you feel that? 
God, God got behind them. He was in front of them. And verse 19 says, I just read it last night. He got behind them because he was saying, I am in between you and your enemies. Everybody put God in the middle. Say, Lord, thank you for my life. You are between me and my enemies. Thank you that you're behind me, God. Which is what's that? You got my back. Last couple of thoughts here, everybody. God used the people's trial to destroy an ongoing generational trial. Oh, that's what I got. God used their trial to destroy an ongoing generational trial of not just slavery in the physical, but slavery in the mind, slavery emotionally. That's what they were returning because they not only were slaves to the Egyptians, they were slaves internally. Some of us have become Christians, but we're still a slave. And God said, no, 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 no. That trial, I'm, I, I did not send that. That came to you. Things come to our lives, but God says, I'll use that now to destroy ongoing generational trials. Parents, let's play our part with our children and grandchildren. I have to play a part now, not let my children and grandchildren go to a life without God. So I've got to say, Lord, help me. The trial Sue and I went through which we give to you now, be used to destroy the ongoing trial that our generations would have had. Lord, let this be the breaking of generational trials in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? All right. Last couple of thoughts. Verse 25, I love this too. Bible says, And he took their chariot wheels, the Egyptians. God took their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let's get out of here. Flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. What does that mean? Basically, God went in like, you know how you get a young guy goes into a car park and in the darkness flattens the tires? That's what God did. (laughs) He went and busted the tires of the Egyptians. And so they were like, hang on a minute, we can't drive these chariots. They're trying to chase God's people as they're heading off into the Red Sea. And then suddenly they realize, hang on a minute, we better get out of here. Our chariot wheels are broken. Why? Because God has done it. God is with them. Last thoughts, last thought. Here we go. Have you ever read that the Bible says over and over again, God got them to walk on dry land. Then God, when they got through the Red Sea, I'm like, it's, it's the Red Sea. But all night, the Bible says God was preparing it. The east wind was blowing. And then it says they came and they walked out on, and they were walking out on dry land, through dry land, on a dry land. I'm like, what? How did, What? And then I saw the scripture, God was doing this all night. Wind was blowing, wind was blowing. God was drying it out. Not just opening it, drying it. Why would God dry out so that they're walking through on dry ground, then they walk out on dry ground? Oh, listen, everybody, I reckon this is it. God was drying it out so there would be no reminder in the mud of the steps that they had taken and where they'd come from and who they used to be. God was dried it out so you could not look back and go, we could go back on these. We'll follow our steps where we went back to Egypt. So God was drying it out so there was no way you could follow back. Listen, there was no reminder of their past and there was no reminder of their enslavement and there was no reminder of who they used to be. Everybody this morning, everybody in Lincoln Lane, God has called you to now walk out on dry ground. Come on, walk on dry ground. There's no muddy footsteps that He wants from your life to your past. 
He wants that door closed where you turn now and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you now. Lord, my regrets, my sin, my failing, my enslaved mentality, Lord, all of that, I leave with you. And God says, that's great because I've already planned it. I've covered your tracks already. That's why when you're water baptized, it's so powerful because you come up out of the water onto dry ground. Your tracks are removed in baptism. Everybody, can I encourage you? Start walking. Start walking. Start walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Why? Because you are delivered to deliver. Come on. Because you are delivered to deliver. Because you are delivered down the back to deliver. Come on, one more time. Because you are called. You are delivered to deliver in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a great hand, everybody. Give the Lord a great hand. Come on, Izzy. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.